0: It's time for another episode of the Crypto 101 Podcast. But before we get into our awesome guest, I've got something exciting to tell you about. If you love listening to the Crypto 101 Podcast, you're getting two episodes a week, hearing from top crypto experts and learning about their companies and projects. Well, guess what? Now you have the opportunity to hear from 47 top crypto experts with a full jam-packed three days. It's all happening during our event called the Digital Currency Summit where Bryce and I are bringing on crypto experts to pick their brains and discuss what they believe will be the best crypto opportunities for the rest of the year. This is a virtual event happening from July 12th through July 14th, and your ticket to attend is totally free. To reserve your free ticket, go to DigitalCurrencySummit.com and click the link to sign up right now. Again, that's DigitalCurrencySummit.com. For a preview of this event, we're talking to Paolo Arduino, the CTO of Bitfinex. This interview is also featured in the Digital Currency Summit. Enjoy this bonus, and we'll see you at the Digital Currency Summit. All right, everyone, welcome back to another podcast here at the Crypto 101 podcast. It is Pizza Mind, your host today, and my God, what a crazy world we are living in right now and I'm talking about the crypto world. It seems like uh, a game of musical chairs right now, where every time the music stops, another platform doesn't have any liquidity and they collapse. So on our show today, we brought someone who knows how to withstand the test of time. It is none other than Paolo Arduino, the CTO of Bitfinex, one of the oldest crypto exchanges. Paolo, welcome back to the Crypto 101 podcast.
1: Thank you very much, Aaron, for for having me today.
0: It's a real treat to get a chance to pick your brain on all these things, crypto, security, and also get a big update on what you guys have been up to at Bitfinex since the last time we chatted, which is it's been a couple of years now. You've been really busy working uh, with your nose to the grindstone, pumping out new products, really pushing forward the mission of financial inclusion. Let's start there. What are you guys doing over at Bitfinex uh, over the past couple of years? Give us a big roadmap update.
1: Sure. So first of all, uh, Bitfinex is um, once again focusing and uh, reaffirming its focus on Bitcoin as the most important um, instrument, that, uh, most important instrument that we have today for financial inclusion. So. Personally, I joined this industry in uh, 2013 and more formally in 2014, joining Bitfinex uh, because of that, right? Because, um, you know, there there is so much to do to bring billions of people today that uh, still don't have access to basic financial services, right? So I'm a lucky person. I have been living in Europe my entire life and in Europe, banks work, pretty okay, I would say, but it's not the same in everywhere else in the world. So we are seeing uh, in Turkey, um, Latin America, and uh, India. So there are so, and in general, in the, and in Africa, of course, we, we are seeing so many people that struggle on a day-to-day basis to have basic uh, access to financial services. So, you know, when we... Think about Bitcoin. We shouldn't think to Bitcoin and, and crypto with our own hat, but we should think to it as you know the hat of people that really need it more than probably us. Um, so uh, the mission of Bitfinex is trying to uh, support Bitcoin, facilitate its development, explore additional developments. For uh, we, we are betting a lot on Lightning like Network as a scaling layer. We are also uh, funding research and development uh, for Lightning Network-enabled tokens. Uh, there are different protocols we have invested in, like uh, RGB, OmniBolt, and we are, of course, discussing with Lightning Labs for Taro and so on and so forth. So it's keep. keep my, my, the, if you ask me, what we are doing the best is probably. Try and um, of course we 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 are probably the most professional trading platform. We offer all the professional tools, but also I feel like we are kind of uh, a bastion for the Bitcoin ethos. Yeah,
0: I love that a bastion for Bitcoin ethos. That's not something we hear often on this show. So I love just uh, the terminology you're using there, and really it's building out Bitcoin's desire to be electronic cash to be able to be used for international payments. Uh, Not so much this get rich quick or even get rich long thing, it's to to be used, essentially. That was the original vision for Bitcoin. And I love that you guys are continuing to fill that uh, even today, also as an exchange, as one of the biggest exchanges, in fact. And one of the most prominent, you guys are battle-hardened, battle-tested. You guys have had literally everything under the sun thrown at you to try and take you guys down, and you survived. What was it about Bitfinex and specifically your approach at security and building good products that you think may be lacking in other areas in the space as we continue to see one domino fall after another lately? Yeah,
1: I think that one of the most important things is uh, that as a team, we always Deeply cared about the industry, right? And we understood the industry really well. And we, we, we never actually uh, invested much in um, in in many in many projects, right? So we 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 are seeing we have been seeing, especially in the last two years, right, 2020, 2021, where a really interesting ride for for the crypto markets, right? Everything was going up, and um, a ton of companies. Uh, And we found out in the last month, I would say, ton of companies were in effect borrowing money, uncollateralized money from others, from lenders. Uh, Lenders were making a ton of money in 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 lending customers' funds and and so on and so forth, without any basic risk management. So, in the last two years, Bitfinex focused in uh, in 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 improving its uh, institutional tools. We are, you know, we uh, when you ask about security. We don't use uh, Google Cloud or AWS. We actually took the decision already in 2018 to move all our servers into into a dedicated uh, data center where we could choose our own hardware. We could set up our own hardware in our own cabinets. So that gives us direct access to the metal. That is actually what is important when it comes to security, when you are dealing with people's money. And of course, when... Uh, you you are a, a good platform. You are you know uh, you have traders. You you make money. It's also important to invest in the things that are really important for the ecosystem. You know we we tend we we tend to not invest in the first um, crypto projects that come to knock to our door just because they might make 100x in in in, uh, in profits. Um, you know there are so many VC's that do that. I feel like there is a, and that is basically kind of. Um, removing the liquidity the potential to the bitcoin the actual bitcoin investment. So as you know we have invested uh, in, in Blockstream, we have invested many, in many in many bitcoin related projects uh, just just because we feel the urge to keep doing that and also that grew. So bitcoin is is the only thing that was uh, never hacked, right? And that's what uh, it teaches us as well. It teaches us to build something that is resistant and resilient to the wrath of God. So that's every day in our life we wake up, we know that we have to protect people money and we will keep doing that uh, with all our efforts. and that is our primary focus rather than trying to leverage some you know crypto tokens uh, for for our own benefits
0: that really is forward thinking uh, and we're so glad that somebody's doing it as one of my favorite thought leaders on Twitter I just want to pick your brain on one more thing you know just in general about the ecosystem when we have these big bridge hacks for 100 million dollars 500 million dollars worth of a lot of different ERC20 tokens uh, what is kind of the big exchange's role in trying to react to some of these things whether it's your own internal policy there at Bitfinex, or is there some kind of working relationship that all the exchanges have with each other to try and recoup some of these funds?
1: Yeah, first of all, um, it's important to understand that centralized exchanges are subject to regulations, right? So it's important that you cooperate as an exchange, you cooperate with regulators and law enforcement. So the the usual process is uh, when, when a breach gets hacked, this bridge will start conducting exchanges. Of course, the bridge will follow the money, but also exchanges have a team like us, uh, have a team that uh, will monitor you know, all the different communities, Twitter uh, primarily and Telegram to understand what happened and how we can help. So um, we, we are always at disposal to, of, of our uh, communities. And if, uh, for example, a bridge suffered a hack, we are collaborating. We use our tools that, um, you know, that we, we have introduced in our platform, like Chainalysis, to track the funds and trying to freeze the funds when they hit, if they hit our platform. So in the end, it's really important that you take all the steps that uh, you can do in order to save people money. Um, that is true for Bitfinex, that is true for Tether. You know, we are in this industry for, you know, to try to create a better environment than the traditional financial world. I believe that is true also for you. So if we are, if, if we are not all brothers in a way, and we tr- don't try to help each other, then it will become a mess and, um, we will never be better than, um, what we try to, uh, um, change in, um, uh, for all this time.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that's one of my favorite things about this industry is the nature of collaboration instead of competition. You know, even now, um, you know, there's no government bailouts coming for any crypto companies. There's no, you know, big lenders coming in with billions or trillions of dollars to prop up the market or make users whole. That's something that companies in our industry are jockeying on their own to try and do to save a lot of these platforms and uh, keep customers' deposits as whole as possible. So it's interesting to see what people are choosing to do when they don't have to. Um, and I think it's really going to shape the next wave of our industry going forward. So it's a very, very interesting time. And you mentioned, you know, although you're very, very Bitcoin-focused on growing that ecosystem, Bitfinex actually has its own exchange token as well, uh, the said Leo token, which, uh, yeah. in my opinion is uh, one of the best white papers I've read um, over the Thank hundreds you. that I've read before. And it's almost like something that you guys were keeping in your back pocket for a long time. Yet it came out very, very suddenly. Rather than talking about the origins of it, you know, that's, that's all old news uh, that people can look up on their own if they're really curious about it and haven't heard about it. But tell us, what does the LEO token do in the Bitfinex ecosystem? So uh, LEO
1: has... Um Different uh, purposes and use cases. So, uh, Leo can get you access to fee discounts, of course. Also, uh, Bitfinex uh, is buying and burning Leo on a real time basis with 27% of its revenues. So, that is, uh, that is, uh, one of the most interesting mechanics, instead of doing those big burn events that, uh, that some exchanges are doing, we do it constantly. There is a transparency page, leo.bitfinex.com where you can full track that. There are a couple of other interesting aspects. One, the first one is that, uh, that is one of the most discussed aspects, especially in this, uh, recent period in time. So in the white paper we uh, we suggested we stated that we will use 80% of the proceeds the net proceedings from the hack uh, recovery of the hack coins of 2016 to buy back the leo from um, the market from the traders and so on and the second aspect is that uh, uh, we are going to use 90% of the funds that we will get back from Crypto Capital, that is still in active development, uh, still to buy back the the Leo tokens. So these are two really interesting market dynamics that are unique to uh, our token. So in a way, you can say that uh, at least a portion of the Leo token price will could follow the Bitcoin price, because it's kind of linked to the uh, possibility of Bitfinex getting back tokens from the coins stolen in 2016.
0: I would take it a step further and say it's kind of tied to the success of Bitfinex itself. So, And I think it was one of the first tokens to really do that, not so much in a direct way, but it really aligned incentives much more so than just a trading fee discount, or some kind of gas fee that was kind of the trend at the time. And I really feel like that is going to be the trend going forwards, where you see token holders, network operators, developers, all the same kind of incentives for participating in that economy.
2: By now, you've probably all heard about cryptocurrencies. Uh, You might already be investing in them. But did you know that you can invest in cryptocurrencies through your retirement account? Okay, yeah, that's exactly right. With iTrust Capital, you can buy and sell cryptocurrencies from a crypto IRA and get the same tax advantages as a traditional IRA. So iTrust Capital allows you to invest in over two dozen of the most popular cryptocurrencies. And unlike the stock market, you can buy and sell 24 hours a day. So the iTrust Capital platform, it's super easy to use, and it only really takes a few minutes to create your account. And setting up an IRA with them is free. And iTrust has no account opening fees and no monthly fees. So look, it's time to start taking back control of your financial future. And with iTrust Capital, you can get all the tax benefits of a retirement account while investing in crypto. So sign up today and receive a...
3: Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone.
2: funding bonus when you open and fund an account. Just visit itrust.capital/slash crypto101 to start investing today. Again, that's itrust.capital/slash crypto101. Taxes and conditions apply, fees apply. Cryptocurrencies are a speculative investment with risk of loss. I Trust Capital Incorporated does not provide legal investment or tax advice, and please consult with a qualified legal investment or tax professional. All right, on to the show.
0: Would you agree that that's going to be a trend going near the future and really uh, tokens uh, embracing more of a security type model uh, where there's dividends? and revenue sharing, and you can actually have like price to earnings ratios in crypto? Or do you think that's still kind of like a a very rare pipe dream that people are going to try and avoid? So
1: the the point you are making is is great because it really touches on something that uh, it's really dear to me. With Bitfinex, we created in 2021, so just last year, what is called Bitfinex Securities because we understand that the future cannot be just utility tokens right Our industry started from 2018, uh, sorry from 2017, you know with the big guy Co boom, it was all about utility tokens. Everyone was trying to avoid uh, B2 be, be tagged as security. But there is nothing wrong with securities. Uh, securities have really interesting aspects. so they can provide uh, coupons, dividends, they can provide additional transparency, they can provide voting rights and so on and so forth. That's why thinking about uh, um, security tokens, we are one of the first exchanges, if not the first exchange that have actually a license in uh, uh, our license is issued by Kazakhstan, but we are working on, uh, with other jurisdictions to actually provide a platform, a technological platform for security tokens. And so this uh, license that we got is actually uh, quite broad and astonishing. So we can allow companies that want to use our services to run IPOs or so to raise capital for their stocks or raise capital for debt, that that is a bond, right? And then they can raise capital and create a fund, a really proper fund. And then of course, after the, the initial capital raise, so the IPO, as you would call it normally, you could uh, then, we can open secondary markets for them. And um, we were uh, kind of fork. We could decide to use this uh, new license to list Apple stocks, Google stocks, and so on, as many exchanges did, uh, did. But actually, we decided that this was too important. And we are focusing actually on trying to create a platform where companies that um, are coming from the emerging markets and developing countries like uh, Turkey, Africa, South America, and so on, India, and so on and so forth, can actually raise capital with really, really low fees with a platform that is streamlined, f- uh, with, uh, with where the processes are fully streamlined, are simple, and are all built around the user. So, you know all these companies. They are companies that are between twenty and five hundred million dollars in market cap, and it's really. And they are not you know all the shiny companies in 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 uh, Silicon Valley or on uh, in in New York. They are companies again in emerging markets, but they are beautiful companies. They're companies that are working on their territory, on their local community, and they are profitable. They are you know they build great products and services. And yet they will never be able to be listed on a public market because the fees are insane because there is so many companies, so many intermediaries that wants to make money out of them. So we want to be the platform for them. So help them to raise capital through the crypto community that for a lot, such a long time, you know, at some point, I think that Shiba Inu was a 40-50 billion dollar market. I mean, I believe that there is so much space for these companies to raise capital through from, from the crypto industry that could devote capital to legitimate companies that need capital to create uh, you know opportunities in their own countries. So we want to be the leading company for that.
0: I love it. Uh, just another way that financial inclusion is taking a step forward. It's helping founders get the capital to build their dreams and just intermediating it more traditional institutions and all their middlemen, which is really the ethos of crypto as we continue to go back to it. So uh, great on you for that. Let's talk a little bit more about that. And just in terms of growth that you've seen since that launch, I know maybe market conditions are not that favorable as we record this towards the end of June here in 2022, but are you still seeing a lot of builders wanting to come in and participate in this platform or have you seen it slow down? Where are things at?
1: So I I think that's, Builders are keep flowing to this market. Uh, of course, capital is more restricted, right? So many, many people, companies, hedge funds lost cap- MBCs, lost enormous amount of capitals. And I believe that uh, the, we are we just touched the tip of the iceberg, right? because if someone can, we'll never admit or publicly that they lost money. And uh, so it's still to be seen what is the real damage. But uh, I, when it comes to the builder, the developers, the companies, the, the, the founders, they are still there. They are still working. They are still um, looking at the, their dream to be accomplished. So we there there will be always a need of platform for them to keep uh, to, to raise capital. And you know, we I think that one of the issues of, of our industry has been giving too much capital. For for simple projects, right? I come from you know. I I recall that uh, with my first startup when I raised two hundred fifty thousand dollars. I mean, it was a lot of money. We could do so many things with that amount of money. And now with in crypto, seems like the very same things. But if you if you don't re- raise at least twenty five million dollars, I mean, you go nowhere. And twenty five million dollars, of course, will last you know a couple of months because uh, you know the. They are using all the crazy things and uh, you know events and so on and so forth. So we need to be, and sorry to be annoying here, but we need really to be more, more careful in the way the money is spent because it's still a lot of money can be used to, instead of funding one single company, could be used to fund 10, 20, 50 different companies. And um, I think that we are now, of course, that um, the, the liquidity is, is a bit more uh, restricted. VCs and, and companies like, uh, like us will be even more careful in the way the money, so in, in giving money to builders and the due diligence process is something that we uh, we as a community I'm talking about need to become better at. So um, I think that uh, these moments are also a learning opportunity to, to get, to, to grow better and not go back to the same old habits uh, that the, the traditional finance industry teach us.
0: Yeah, very well said. This is a a big reset moment for crypto. And a lot of the founders, developers, like everyone really has to take a good hard look at themselves and say, what kind of world am I supporting? Um, You know, we teach our community over here that every dollar is a vote of power. And you want to empower the right people and the right things in the future, not so much just what's going to make you a quick buck tomorrow. Uh, If you do the right things, profits are going to come on their own automatically you don't have to worry about that so and speaking of which uh, i want to talk a little bit more about bitfinex pay and as you guys are seeing you know crypto payments grow throughout the world are you hearing any more rumblings of countries legalizing bitcoin as legal tender or adoption of it can you give us you know an update from where you sit
1: so I think that it will take a bit more time for, um, and uh, especially you know now there is a lot of uh, fear in the market that does not help um, the uh, pushing forward um, other countries to, to follow up. But I think that you know, Mr. Bukele, El Salvador president, had a meeting with uh, 44 people uh, from different countries especially emerging uh, developing countries and I believe that he was able to explain why he took that decision um, one year ago almost uh, or a bit more than one year ago and how he's still benefiting the country so it's always a balance between public perception care, and uh, education I think that um, you know Bitcoin will keep growing adoption also across countries. Myself, I'm involved also in adoption in pushing the adoption of Bitcoin in the city of Lugano, that is a city in Switzerland. It's a beautiful story there, and I'm finding the most forward-thinking and open-minded people that in the administration that are actually supporting and understanding. This is a huge opportunity, and you know the more the time will pass. The, the more more countries, more cities will, will follow follow the same path because this is a big adventure. And I believe that cities will need to, uh, and countries will need to see a template. And so I believe that El Salvador can be a template for a country. Lugano can be a template for a city. So uh, I'm still bullish for the long term.
0: And with that said, it just shows how still early we are in Bitcoin's life cycle. You know, we try and tell our community, you know, we we hear a lot of, you know, how can Bitcoin ever be cash if, you know, this price goes up and down all the time? And says, well, you know, one Bitcoin's always worth one Bitcoin. There's that old meme. But if you start thinking in terms of pricing things in sats, it doesn't have to be relative to a dollar. It can be what it is by itself, regardless of what this is trading for on the open market. And it's training people to think, in sats and using bitcoin not just as a uh, cash but a unit of account as well and it's a whole different philosophy around thinking about money can you give us some additional advice on how to train our minds to accept bitcoin in our daily lives and you know make it the most useful as possible
1: well the simple question would be do you prefer to be uh dollar reach or SAT reach or bitcoin uh, reach right so in the end in one if you are basing your life in the amount of dollars that you have, keep in mind that there is uh, the dollars get printed by the day We have seen that uh, trillions and trillions I believe more than 50 percent of dollars were, were printed in the last two year and a half. On the other side if you decide to be SATs uh, reach, and keeps so if you your unit of account is uh, in, in satoshis, and so basically your goal is to have always more and more satoshis. It means that uh, so in the end there are only well, twenty one million bitcoin um, that can be ever created. So you are keeping accruing your wealth against something that will never change. So maybe short term yes, it's you are subject to volatility. But long long term, it's a much more future-proof approach. Also, the dollar might not be the uh let's say the, the reserve currency for in, in, in 30 years or 20 years from now. It's always based, I believe, that the, the tricky part is not thinking to the next one or two years, but thinking to the next uh, you know 10 to 20 years. That is
0: how I base my life. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Before we let you go and get back to building great stuff. Can you give anyone who's brand new listening to this podcast, uh, maybe this is their first crypto podcast they've ever heard, just leave us with some words of wisdom about surviving and thriving into their journey in the crypto space.
1: So I think that uh, one of the most important things that uh, it seems obvious and uh, it's easy to be said, but is, Build your own knowledge, right? So there are so many voices in the industry that uh, are um, that are um, kind of in contrast with each other. So I think that uh, first of all, you need to understand why this entire industry was born, right? So if you don't understand the history of something, you will keep repeating the errors. That's why, for me, uh, education is, is is critical because I feel like if um, if we lose the fact, so you know, Bitcoin was Born in 2008, and well, the first transaction was January 30, 2009, and uh, it was referencing the, the, the metadata, was referencing the crisis of to the, the financial, big financial crisis 2008, right? So, <laughs> this entire industry movement was born uh, uh, for, for that specific reason. So, you should we should keep talking about it. We should never lose our history. And as a, as a listener, as a newcomer, you should first understand the philosophy before understanding the possibility in terms of making money out of the industry. Uh, the technology is beautiful. The technology is, uh, is probably one of the best technologies ever created in the last uh, you know 100 years. Um, has enormous potential, not just as a currency, but also uh, blockchain as a, as a tracking system, as a, as a transparent system. And so on and so forth. But uh, you know, you if you are planning to invest in this industry, be careful, learn, uh, study, and then and, and never forget the
0: roots. Very well said. And where can people follow you for more of your thoughts and thought leadership in this space?
1: Well, um, at Bitfinex Phoenix uh, or at Paolo Arduino. So names your name on Twitter. I'm the guy that makes memes most of my time.
0: That's great. All right, well thank you so much and thank you for everyone uh, to thank you to everyone at Bitfinex for building amazing products and pushing the mission of financial inclusion so much closer to reality. And we will see all of you crusaders of Crypt Nation back here on the podcast same time next week.